This is Boroughcast from Scarborough Borough Council. Hello and thanks for streaming or downloading this podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. We've safely reached December and we're recording this episode on Monday the 19th. It's more than likely your festive preparations are sorted and you've finished any shopping you had to do. If, though, like me, you're not quite ready, then time is definitely running out. This year, Christmas may, of course, be a muted affair for some families across our borough as the cost-of-living crisis continues to have a significant impact on household budgets. How to get help and support is something we're covering in detail this time. Here is the other news we'll bring you this month. Coping with the cold weather. Plans unveiled for a new cinema in the centre of Scarborough. What we found when we carried out an inspection of taxis and private hire vehicles. And we continue our coverage of our town's deal investment projects as we find out more about Whitby's Old Town Hall and the Green Construction Skills Village in Scarborough. But first, in the week before we recorded this edition of our podcast, the Bank of England raised interest rates again as efforts continue to contain inflation. The Office of National Statistics also recently confirmed the Consumer Prices Index, which monitors the cost of everyday items, hit 10.7% in November. But let's be honest, the statistics aren't really required. For many people across our borough, the cost of living crisis is obvious when the money left over at the end of one month is less than the previous one. The cost of living crisis is having a greater impact on households in our borough and is affecting families' health and well-being. That statement is according to a report by a group of cross-political councillors. Gabrielle's been looking at this issue in more detail, so Gabrielle, tell us more. Members of the Places and Futures and Lives and Homes Overview and Scrutiny Committees led the work, Andy. Their inquiry considered whether there is an awareness of all the financial advice, support and entitlements on offer to residents across the borough. So what did the inquiry find? Well, it concluded that the cost of living crisis is likely to continue to create significant issues for many borough families and for months to come. It also found that the increasing costs of fuel, food and energy have combined with existing disadvantages and vulnerabilities to create a greater risk of immediate and further hardship. The councillors fear that the effect of rising housing costs, whether that's rental charges or mortgage repayments, will mean more people becoming homeless. They say it has the potential to place additional pressure on temporary accommodation and also our housing services. So who took part in this inquiry? The inquiry received feedback from a range of organisations, including parish and town councils, charities and businesses. Evidence was also presented to a scrutiny in a day type session, which heard about the support currently on offer and any barriers that exist in accessing that help. This includes national schemes and a range of initiatives local to the borough, such as the North Yorkshire Local Assistance Fund and food banks. Charities outlined what they are doing to help affected families, including the creation of a network of warm spaces across the borough. What's the outcome of this inquiry? What was the conclusion? The final scrutiny committee's report makes six recommendations. One is an additional contribution of £25,000 to the Two Ridings Community Foundation Cost of Living Crisis Fund. This would support community and voluntary sector organisations working directly with people most affected. 
Um, another is adjusting the criteria for the locality budget scheme to allow all borough councillors to support initiatives which tackle the cost of living crisis. And finally, a third is a commitment for us to do all we can to continue to communicate the support, help and advice on offer across the borough. Gabrielle, thanks for taking us through that. And we move on nicely now to the next section of this podcast and our focus on the cost of living crisis. Earlier this year, we were one of the first councils in North Yorkshire to pay out the £150 council tax energy rebate. In fact, we distributed well over £5 million to 35,000 households in just one single 10-day period. More recently, we've made second payments totalling £217,000 to more than 9,000 1,800 eligible households across the borough. That money is from a pot of cash we were given to top up the rebate through our own discretionary scheme. There are a wide variety of support schemes and organisations in North Yorkshire which may be able to help or advise if you are struggling to pay for essentials or you know someone who is. We've pulled together a long list of links to support, help and advice which is on offer if you or someone you know is struggling. You'll find all the information in the show notes for this podcast and also in the December edition of our Residence News newsletter. You're listening to Boroughcast, a podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. One of the organisations we're linking to in the show notes is the North Yorkshire branch of Citizens Advice and I'm delighted to say we're joined in the podcast booth today by Julie Priestnell, who's a project manager with Citizens Advice and Gillian Grimes who's the charity's head of energy in North Yorkshire. Julie, Gillian, welcome to Boroughcast. Hello. Hi. So let's start at the beginning, if we may, please. Um, Gillian, would you mind just um, telling us a little bit about what CAB does? I know a lot of people are familiar with the organisation, but tell us about your work in North Yorkshire. Yes, um, Andy, people can come to Citizens Advice for um, any problem they face, whether it's related to the cost of living or it's other issues that they're, they're having to deal with in their lives. Um, and we, we try to help. Uh, we try to help by giving them the information and advice they need to basically help them reduce the stress and worry and move forward. So people can come to us with any issue. So how is the cost of living crisis affecting your clients? We are seeing many more coming to us asking for crisis support, um, you know, really resulting from the cost of living crisis. And this is relating to food vouchers, issues with energy, as you'd expect, not having enough money to make ends meet. And that really means that people are having to make really difficult decisions about what to cut back on. Um, Some people can't afford, for instance, to top up their prepayment meters. uh, And this means they can't do the basics such as turn on the heating or the oven. And some struggling with the cost of energy, uh, you know, find themselves in debt and are having prepayment meters forcibly installed. This then creates a further problem because they can't afford to top up the meters. So effectively, they're disconnecting themselves from the supply. What are the main challenges you're finding people are facing? We are finding that we've got sort of five issues that are really causing people problems. And as you'd expect, energy is one of the highest there. We've also got debt issues, council tax arrears, personal independence payments and charitable support. That's a huge impact in the number of people we've got coming to see us. And often these people are people coming to us for the very first time, not able to cope. So what advice are you offering to people? If you find yourself struggling to pay for essential items such as food and energy, 
do check whether or not you can get some support. This in could include the Household Support Fund, which we can help you with at Citizens Advice North Yorkshire, and also cost of living payments. Um, it's a, also a good idea to check that you're getting all the benefits you're entitled to and whether or not you need any help to make a claim. And you may be eligible to get some benefits even if you're working. So that's certainly one tip I'd really, really stress. The second tip, do not ignore bills. If you have a lot of debt and you're unable to pay, there are things that you can do for, to help. You know, speak to your creditors and try and arrange a way to pay. But if this doesn't work, get advice about the options that are available to deal with the situation. And do go on to the Citizens Advice website to have a look at the help and information that's there. And one thing we, we all recognise as advisors is that we understand that coping with a lot of these issues is extremely stressful and can have a, a massive impact on people's mental health. So we would always advise people who are struggling to seek help, whether it's through their GP, whether it's through MIND or Samaritans, because this we, we've definitely seen an increase of people who are, are struggling beyond belief to, to deal with the issues that they're currently facing. And Julie, of course, um, you know, you work for the organisation. Uh, we've already understand because of what Julian uh, has been telling us that the pressure is on. How, how is this impacting your organisation itself? And are you and your colleagues all OK? We have a very good team um, across North Yorkshire and we all work together um, and support each other. So, yes, it is difficult, um, but we're one big team. So we do work and look after each other. Julie, before we finish, do you want to just explain to our listeners what's the best way of getting in touch if they want to? And bearing in mind, we are approaching Christmas, so there will be some closures and stuff for, for, the, for the holiday period. But just tell us what's the best way of people to get in touch with you. The Scarborough office is open Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. We have a drop-in session between 9.30 and 12.30. We are closed from Friday the 23rd um, and reopen on Wednesday the 4th of January. But if anyone is concerned, we do have emergency cover over the festive period um, from the 28th of December. And the telephone number is 0808 2787 nine double zero so if anybody has any um, concerns please can they call they may have to wait or leave a message but we will get back to them okay fantastic well julie and Gillian, thank you very much for joining us on the boroughcast podcast today we really do appreciate it and i hope you both have a restful christmas and a happy new year thank you thank you thank you You'll remember from last month's episode of BoroughCast, we've been working with public organisations and charities to create a network of warm spaces across our borough. The venues are all listed online at www.warmspaces.info warmspaces.info, all one word. And since the database was launched last month, the number of warm spaces has been expanding. We've also added some extra money into a pot which charities and voluntary groups can have access to to help them cover the cost of opening their doors, including for things like paying for energy. You and your family may not need a welcoming warm space this winter, but if you know someone who might, please let them know about the Warm Spaces database and, importantly, that link. There are some gaps, though, in the current network, especially outside our main town centres and spaces that are open in the evenings or at weekends. 
If you are aware of a building, perhaps a village or community hall that could potentially be used as a warm space, please email margaret.elwick, E-L-W-I-C-K, at scarborough.gov.uk. That's margaret.elwick at scarborough.gov.uk. This is Boroughcast from Scarborough Borough Council. There's been significant and rather unusual snowfall along the Yorkshire coast this month um, in December. While the white stuff is great news if you like building figures and have a character hand, for most of us it's a complete pain when it impacts our ability to get around. In recent days, the roads between Whitby and Scarborough and Whitby and Pickering became impassable. Keeping the borough's roads clear of snow and gritted to prevent ice is the responsibility of our friends at North Yorkshire County Council. It owns and manages a fleet of winter vehicles which have been out and about across the whole of the county to keep primary routes clear. It goes without saying that it's simply not possible to grit or clear every road or de-ice pavements outside our main town centres. You can check the gritting routes and even track the movement of the wagons on the County Council's website. We've added a link to the site in the show notes for today's episode. You're listening to Boroughcast, a podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. Investment news now, and if you are a regular listener to our podcast or you subscribe to our rather awesome Residence News newsletter, you'll be aware of our investment in the borough. We're spending £20 million in Scarborough and £17 million in Whitby through the Towns Deal Initiative, and we've set aside separately a million pounds for Filey. Another £2 million is being used across the borough to spruce up our seaside towns and coastal villages. We also have a large capital programme for some other big projects. Well, the Towns Deal programme is significant and will transform both Whitby and Scarborough. This month we're looking at two more of the 14 projects. The first is Whitby's Old Town Hall and Market Place, which will be repaired and restored so its structure is strengthened and it is improved visually. Penny Beniston is overseeing this project. The Old Town Hall is a Grade 2 star listed building and we have to be careful that um, any changes that we make, any improvements that we have to take into account the historic fabric of the building and the surrounding area and still working on it being fit for future use for everybody. There's been a market in this place since the 17th century and it is truly at the heart of the old town. So any improvements have to be to, to continue the use of this area for all visitors and for all the local residents. When the project's completed, this area will be available for exhibition space. So members of the public will, have see, will see areas they've not seen for a long time. When the marketplace is completed, then the working conditions for the market traders will be improved. The street scene will be really enhanced, so it will be a really great beneficial to everybody. The market traders will continue to use the space with the undercroft, but on non-market days, then that, that would give that area um, open to events and to exhibitions, so it would make a, a better working area for everybody. 
That was Penny Beniston, who is leading the town's deal work on Old Town Hall and Marketplace in Whitby. The second project we're featuring this month is Scarborough's Green Construction Skills Village. The village has existed to train future tradesmen and women for several years now, but the town's deal investment will allow it to expand further and improve existing facilities. Graham Ratcliffe is its managing director. The Construction Skills Village was set up in 2015 to help address the skills shortage within the construction industry. Uh, we're based here at Eastfield in Scarborough and what we try to do is work with employers supporting them to create apprenticeships in a variety of trades. The learners and apprentices field coming to the Construction Skills Village is very much hands-on and it replicates a live construction site so they're not daunted when they go out into the real world of employment they have already understand how the construction industry operates. The range of skills that we demonstrate here at the Construction Skills Village through the apprenticeship range from construction plant operative, that's where individuals aged 16 plus learn an apprenticeship on plant, on plant machinery. We also do carpentry and joinery apprenticeships, bricklaying apprenticeships, plastering apprenticeships, plumbing and electrical apprenticeships, and ground working apprenticeships. So we offer a quite a wide range of apprenticeships that link into new house building across the area. We support individuals from the age of 16 up to the age of 55. We're quite inclusive, so if anyone is wanting a career in construction, they'll come here, we'll work with them and we'll support them, get work experience, apprenticeships and our employment. And we're open to any age group. The Construction Skills Village is really important to the local economy. Local employers recruit local apprentices, they'll give them a local wage and it'll be spent locally. So the suppliers, again, by increasing the supply chains and increasing apprenticeship opportunities, there's more likelihood that the employers will be purchasing materials locally. With strategic partners of Scarborough Council, North Yorkshire County Council, the local enterprise, and we've got great support from local MPs. The support that they give providers is by giving us strategic support in terms of accessing uh, Townsdale funding, which has been used to upgrade and uh, the current site where we're working now. So with the Townsdale funding, we've been able to increase capacity by supporting uh, new trade areas such as plumbing and electrical. Local MPs, again, champion what we do and they're always talking about us uh, and raising the broader agenda in terms of construction and the need for skilled operatives, apprentices to get into a demand-led sector. That was Graham Ratcliffe from Scarborough's Green Construction Skills Village. We'll bring you news of two more towns deal projects in next month's edition of BoroughCast. You're listening to BoroughCast, a podcast from Scarborough Borough Council with Gabrielle Janzio and Andy Carter. And now the owner of the Brunswick in Scarborough has confirmed it will submit a transformative planning application for the centre very soon. In fact, by the time you listen to this, we may have received it. Scarborough Group International wants to reposition the centre to create a new leisure-led destination, complete with food and beverage venues within the existing building. It would include a multi-screen cinema, which has been a long-term ambition for us as a council and also our political administration. 
The Brunswick Centre, as it was known when it opened in 1990, used to be a thriving retail hub in the centre of Scarborough. However, it has been hit by a decline in footfall because of changing consumer habits, which also led to the loss of the anchor tenant, Debenhams. It's hoped, though, the transformation of the Brunswick will stimulate the regeneration of the wider town centre, create new local jobs and act as a catalyst for further investment. Mark Jackson is the Group Development Director for the Scarborough Group and he joins us on Boroughcast today. Welcome, Mark, and thanks for your time. Hello, Andy. Before we speak to Mark, let's hear what the leader of the council, Steve Siddons, had to say about the cinema plans on our sister podcast, In Conversation With. I've been very keen to see a cinema in the town centre. I think it's the right place to put one. It will bring more footfall into the town, which is so important, not only for the nighttime and early evening economy, but also for the shops and businesses that are in town. And having a cinema, a multi-screen cinema in this case, and the associated food and beverage offers that will come with it, as we understand, is going to make a big difference to Scarborough Town Centre, and I, and I really do welcome it. That was Councillor Steve Siddons. So, Mark, thanks for joining us, as I say. Why is there a need to reposition the Brunswick and maybe give it a new lease of life? Why is that necessary? I think Scarborough's not unique, like a lot of of towns across the country, and it's been well trailed in sort of popular press. There is a a bit of a a crisis in the high streets. Um, There's a lot of retail properties. People shop more online. There is less need for traditional retail modes. So... um, in many cases, lots of places have lost their anchor stores, whether it was BHS or in Scarborough's case, Debenham. So it's a problem that's touching many places across the country. Um, Scarborough's an interesting one. There is a lot of retail property. You've got the foreshore and the town centre. So you've got these sort of two key attractors of the town. So it's th- th- these things are always quite challenging. There's this purpose really to re um, find a new use for the Brunswick centre, which is the epicentre of the town centre. A good way to do that is to put in a sizable modern cinema, which Scarborough, I think, needs, notwithstanding the two small screens it already has. Uh, so there's there's the opportunity. And I think those benefits from that regeneration of the centre can sort of spread to economic growth elsewhere in the borough. So it's a major turning point, and we're working with the council on that very closely. So that's the the issue, isn't it? That's the crux of these proposals. You're shifting it from what traditionally has been a retail kind of hub, which it was when it opened in 1990, to much more of a kind of leisure destination. Is that where you see the future lies for big sort of infrastructure like this? I think that depends on the town. And I think you've got to take a bespoke approach to each town, recognise the shortcomings, because whilst the problem is quite general, the specifics are obviously need to be looked at to make sure that you're doing the right thing for the town. There's no one-size-fits-all identikit approach, if you like. I grew up in Scarborough, so I remember what Scarborough was, what it did well, and I think it can do that again. It just needs a refresh, new way of dealing with it. Because there isn't a a major sizable cinema, that's a, a yawning gap, which you can then use to start this regeneration, if you like. And from the cinema, usually you will have food and beverage and other activity leisure so people have a place to go to especially when it rains the modern activities that you maybe see like 
the, the sort of modern crazy golf or the uh, the trampolines and the escape rooms and all that thing. So I think bringing that together in one place creates a destination. It's right in the town centre. It's the right thing to do in terms of planning policy. And as I say, it's the thing that can kickstart that part of town and just sort of help the breathe new life into the town centre, which it's lost through just the way everybody else has lost it. And without asking you to give anyway any kind of commercial secrets or state information, I understand that the proposals for cinema has sparked and piqued interest from from a number of operators. So I guess that that's a really good positive um, uh, development as well. It has. We went out to fifteen operators, um, large and small, all the major names and all the uh, smaller uh, groups as well. Uh, we had interest from five uh, that was resulted in proposals and offers. Uh, there's three in particular that are very keen. So we're just going through that process and hope to select a partner in uh, in January. And I, I do say partner because I think with it being such a, a bespoke modern cinema, being retrofit into an existing structure, which is, is no easy task, uh, working closely with the partner cinema operator and with the council doing the right thing for the town for these wider generation benefits but also making sure that the cinema model is consistent with what we build around it with the other uh, occupiers is consistent sustainable uh, sustainable economic sense the key really to making it work and, and doing all that we want to achieve with it brilliant well that's all very positive and thank you once again mark for joining us on Boroughcast today we really appreciate it not at all thanks andy A joint operation to inspect taxi and private hire vehicles to ensure the safety of the travelling public has taken place in Scarborough. Our licensing team joined forces with North Yorkshire Police and the Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency, that's the DBSA, to undertake the inspection of 14 taxi and private hire vehicles. Our colleague Carl has been following this story and joins us now. So Carl, what was the point of these inspections? Well, the vehicle inspectors primarily looked for defects such as steering systems, brakes, faulty headlights, problems with indicators, illegal tyres and worn handbrakes. The licensing team also checked that licensed drivers were fully compliant with our taxi and private hire policy and government legislation. And what was found during the inspection? Two thirds of the vehicles inspected were either given a clean bill of health or a simple advisory warning. Six vehicles were found to have no apparent defects. Three vehicles received warnings about issues that could cause the vehicle to fail an MOT and one received a fixed penalty notice for a headlamp offence. Several drivers were found to be committing offences either for failing to wear their badge, which must be clearly visible at all times, or failing to display their photographic ID. Warnings were also issued for dirty cars, and drivers were reminded that it is a prosecutable offence to permit a private hire vehicle to pull onto a hackney carriage rank. The failure to use a metre was an offence identified on several occasions, and one driver was dealt with for exceeding a 30 mile an hour speed limit. We've run these operations before, and did our team find anything different this time? The results compare favourably with previous operations. However, the fact that some vehicles were deficient and some drivers were committing offences remains a concern, and we're likely to consider prosecution in some cases. Carl, thanks for that. We continue the taxi theme now. As your local council, you won't be surprised that lots of the things we do and the services we provide are all dictated by various policies. One of those relates to how we licence hackney carriages. Uh, we call them taxis and private hire vehicles. As part of the move to abolish the current structure of local government here in North Yorkshire and move to a single council, the current approach to taxi licensing has been reviewed. Right now, no surprise, there are seven different ways of doing things across the whole of the 
the county, one for each of the existing borough and district councils. With slight variations in the way things are organised, those all need to be merged into a single future policy. As North Yorkshire will become one zone from next April, it is proposed that a registered taxi or private hire vehicle and driver will be able to operate anywhere in the county. It means operators will have greater flexibility and it will create a wider distribution of wheelchair accessible vehicles for both residents and visitors to our area. Whatever the future licensing policy will be, it will always ensure that passengers are provided with safe transport. A consultation is underway so you can add your views and offer feedback on the proposals. You'll find the link in the show notes. You're listening to BoroughCast, a podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. I'm Andy and Gabrielle's here as well in the booth this month. We are on course to slash our carbon emissions by the end of March 2023 as we respond to the climate emergency. Figures presented to a meeting of our Cabinet at the beginning of December showed they will be down to 1,200 tonnes by March next year. That's a drop of more than 800 when you compare to the same period in 2021-22. It probably won't come as a surprise that our vehicle fleet is the biggest contributor to the emissions total, but many of our trucks, bin wagons and vans are currently using a climate-friendly alternative to diesel. It's called hydro-treated vegetable oil, HVO, which is up to 90% less harmful than traditional diesel fuel. Taking the fleet in isolation, emissions of carbon dioxide will be cut from almost 1,200 tonnes to just over 350 tonnes by the beginning of April next year. The trial of the HVO fuel is the biggest anywhere in North Yorkshire and our decision to move to a different type of fuel has been recognised at national level. A separate project to install dozens of electric vehicle charging points across our borough will come to fruition in a few weeks when the first one is switched on. We secured more than £260,000 for 48 charge points, each one capable of providing power to two vehicles at the same time. Finally, the search has begun to find our star employees and we need your help. Next year, we will show our appreciation for and celebrate the hard work of the people we employ as part of our staff recognition programme called STARS. There are nine internal categories, but the 10th is a public vote. The People's Choice Award gives you the chance to say thanks to a council worker or a team of people who have made a real difference to you. We want to hear from you if you have experienced great customer service in the last 12 months. It could be an employee or a team who went out of their way, made a real difference to you or acted as a great ambassador for us as a council and promoted a positive image. Nominations are now open via our STARS page and we've included the link to that in the show notes. The overall People's Choice Award winner will be announced in February next year. Before we go, and as this is the last edition of BoroughCast before Christmas, we wanted to play you these seasonal words from our leader of the council, Steve Siddons. We've had a really tough time locally, nationally and internationally. And and I can't remember in my lifetime um, quite so much bad news every day. Uh, Wherever you look, whether whether it's on local issues, national issues or international issues, I think I'd 
hope, like many, that uh, next year brings a turn around in those fortunes, that we find solutions to some of those problems and, and are able to move on and move back to a, a more regular kind of life that, we, uh, that we've enjoyed in the past. Leader of the Council, Councillor Steve Siddons. Well, that's it for this edition of BoroughCast. Before we go, here's a reminder that next month's podcast will feature two more of those Towns Deal projects and we will welcome back our Sounds of the Borough feature. January's episode will be published towards the end of the month. You shouldn't miss it if you listen to us via your preferred podcast hosting service where you can follow or subscribe and be notified when we post new content. So thank you for listening. From Gabrielle... Goodbye. And me, Andy, goodbye. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. For more news and information about the services we provide, visit scarborough.gov.uk. Listener.